right. On tonight, I want to share with you uh, in the book of Jude, uh, Jude's letter to the saints. I have alluded to um, this before. Jude started out with one intention in his letter that he wrote, but he ended up going in a different direction because he thought it was needful. Amen. And it's a subtle, he doesn't make a big uh, ado of it. He just goes into what God has given him to write uh, to the church. Uh, But I want to take note of it uh, because I believe that this letter is jumping off the page uh, for us today. Amen. In times like these, we certainly need a word from the Lord. And I believe that this letter uh, that Jude wrote uh, to the saints uh, is very applicable, is very timely uh, for the body of Christ right now. Amen. We certainly thank God uh, because his wrath is being poured out. He said a thousand is going to fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes will thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Amen. And certainly I don't want to be counted among the wicked. Amen. I want to be the child of God. I want to be the apple of his eye. Come on, somebody. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. All right. In Jude, the first verse, he introduces himself and explains who he is. Um, Certainly, um, I know a lot of people don't know, but uh, Jude is a protracted name for Judas. Yes, Jude is a protracted name for Judas, much like uh, Robert. Uh, most people that will uh, have the name Robert, they'll go by Bob. I used to work for a boss. His name was uh, William, uh, but he went by Bill. All right. So it's a a protracted name. Uh, So Jude is Judas. Amen. And when he starts out, he said, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, And brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved how in Jesus Christ and called. My God. And I think it's good uh, Jude in his writing uh, lets us know who he is. And I think there's a reason behind that because he is the half brother of Jesus, uh, but the full brother of James. All right. Now, I believe Jude used a protracted name because uh, he didn't want to be confused with the other Judas. Amen. You know, someone say, your name Judas? You say, yeah, I'm Judas, but I'm not that Judas that portrayed Jesus. Amen. So he used a a protracted name, but he identifies himself here uh, so we'll know who he is. Uh, but he wants to make sure, and I know in, in now, I don't know, I don't have no biblical um, uh, findings to say that, but I, I'm sure uh, if it were me, I would want to make sure you know that I'm not Judas Iscariot, Iscariot, amen, the one 
that Jesus said, you know, uh, Judas, uh, what have you done? I'm on somebody. Um, it were better if you were not even born. Can you imagine that? Judas, what have you done? And what are you going to do now? You no longer bear my image, but you bear the image of Satan. And it were better if you were not even born. My God, I cannot imagine the God and the creator of all things turn around and tell me it's better that you had not even been born. You don't stand a chance. You no longer bear my image. So I believe Jude in his writing uh, uses that protracted name uh, to separate himself from the Judas Iscariot. And he's not to be confused. I'm, I'm, I'm Jude, uh, a servant of Jesus Christ, first of all. I'm the brother of James, and I'm writing to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Amen. And he, he says he's a bond servant. Now, he wasn't out to... Um, make a name for himself. He wasn't out there to, you know, flaunt who he was and who he was connected to. After all, he is the stepbrother. He is the stepbrother of Jesus and the full brother of James, another stepbrother of Jesus. But he says, I'm a bond uh, servant. I'm indentured uh, servant of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I'm not here trying to impress no one. Amen. But I'm here to simply let you know, amen, that I'm a bondservant of Christ. I'm indentured unto him, a servant, an indentured servant. Amen. And I'm not trying to make big of myself, but I'm trying to make big of him. Amen. And uh, if we uh, take a little bit more time to explain, if we go to Mark, the sixth chapter and the third verse. Mark in his writing gives us a clearer understanding of who Jude and who the siblings uh, of Jesus were. Um, you all remember in uh, Mark 6, 3, they said, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, uh, the brother of who? James, Jose, and Judah. Amen. And Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? Amen. So we certainly know that he has uh, three other brothers, James, Jose. Uh, we have Judah. All right. And Simon. Uh, and he has sisters which are not named here. But Jesus has three stepbrothers. All right. He has also... Uh, three uh, stepsisters or half-sisters, all right? And wouldn't you know it, Jesus is the seventh child. Uh, seven meaning perfect, amen. We've studied in Revelation, and we know certainly that number seven uh, is a perfect number, 
amen, for Jesus. He is the seventh child, all right? All our father, all of his uh, brothers, half-brothers, half-sisters are fathered by Joseph, and Jesus himself was fathered by God. Come on, somebody. The only begotten of the Father. Now, don't uh, anybody let you get confuse you and say, well, well, if Jesus was the seventh child and, and Mary uh, was a virgin, how in the world did that happen? Well, uh, Joseph had already fathered uh, these other stepchildren, amen, and when him and Mary came together, uh, uh, we know that Jesus was come from God, but he was still the youngest of all of his stepbrothers and sisters. All right. So Jude here, uh, he's writing here to all believers and to encourage the saints of God. But he let us know uh, who he was. Amen. And gives us a good or un, a better understanding uh, as to uh, the siblings of Jesus Christ. Uh, I know in uh, my family, Carmen uh, would be the seventh uh, child. I guess I don't know how that number seven missed me, but uh, eight is completeness. Amen. So. <laughs> Uh, she might be perfect, but uh, I'm I'm completeness. I was the eighth uh, of uh, ten uh, children. But it lets us know here uh, who uh, the stepbrothers and sisters, although his sisters are not named, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, let's look at this subtle change that I want to bring uh, to your attention. And this is uh, in second and third chapter. Look what he says. Now, there's a subtle change in, in, in his writing, but it's a big change in his message to the saints, us. He said, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful. Look, uh, now this is, this is the subtle change in his writing, but the big change in his message he said, now I came to write about write to you about a common salvation, but it was more needful. I put that word more in there just to give it more clarity. But it was needful for me to write unto you and to encourage, exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. My God. Um uh, my intent was just to encourage you, but in my um, intent to encourage you, I thought it necessary that I warn you. My God, this is a warning that's going out to the saints, to the body of Christ. And this particular passage of scripture, this particular writing of, of Jude ought to jump off the books for each and every one of us because I believe that it's very applicable. I believe it's very timely a message for the body of Christ today. Amen. All right. So he says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied. Amen. And certainly we thank God for mercy because that's God's 
ability. My God, that's his willingness. My God, to get to us things that we don't even deserve. The unmerited favor. Amen. Uh, his grace and mercy. My God. Is his uh, grace, but his mercy is his ability, his willingness to protect you from things that you do deserve. Amen. And as I uh, explained before, what is grace without mercy? My God, they go hand in hand. So he says, the mercy, the peace, the love be multiplied. Amen. God's ability, his ability, uh, his willingness, and we even took it even further. We talked about tender mercy, amen, uh, because sometimes people say, I'm going to have mercy and I'm going to kill you quick. My God, but don't you thank God for the tender mercies of God. My God, you deserve death. I'm going to give you life. You shall live and not die. All right, so mercy, his uh, ability. Everybody can't have mercy, amen? Sometimes people can say, well, you know, uh, I feel for you, but I can't do anything for you. I, I, you know, I have empathy for you, but I, I, you know, my God. His ability his willingness to protect you from things that you do deserve. And that's death. Come on, somebody. All right. Peace, love be multiplied. My God. And certainly, uh, if we're looking at these things and uh, these things are being explained to us, if we don't have them, maybe we don't have the spirit of Christ. Maybe we ought to be doing a self-check. Now, we know we got the mercy. Because God saw fit, amen, to keep us alive for such a time and for, uh, for such a day as this. But do you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? Come on, somebody. Do you have the love of God that will cause you to not only love yourself, but love your enemies? My God. These things, we ought to be checking them. If you don't have it, maybe you don't have the spirit of God. Amen. All right. So this was the change. He said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you about this common salvation, I have to change because it was need for, for me to write unto you and to encourage you that you should earnestly contend. My God. Now, when he said this common salvation, he wasn't talking about anything that was cheap. He was talking about um, uh, this united, this shared plan of salvation that covers us all. And what it takes for me to be saved is the same thing it takes for you to be saved. Come on, somebody, you're not more saved than I am. Come on, somebody, that it took just a little bit to save you and it took a whole lot to save me. no. It's a common plan of salvation, amen, uh, that is shared among us all. But it was more needful for, to, for me to warn the saints. Come on, somebody. 
And what was that need? He was encouraging us, saints, we need to have a strong finish. Come on, somebody. My God. We have to have a strong finish. We have to earnestly contend. Amen. Um, uh, he says, I'm going to warn you of and expose false teachers. And then I'm going to encourage the saints. Amen. I was writing just to encourage the saints, but first I'm going to warn the saints. That's more needful of false teachers. Then I'm going to turn around and encourage the saints. Amen. All right. If we go on down to uh, four, he says, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to do this condemnation. Who are they? They are ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you know you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own inhabitation, he have done what? Reserved unto everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. My God, and we certainly know that is the day of judgment. Amen. And certainly we know the great day of God's wrath is coming. Amen. And he's letting us know uh, there are people that are going to be reserved until that day. Look what he says. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and in the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example. Why? They suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. My God, if we don't have a strong finish, we're going to have that same fate because hell is real. Amen. It may not be preached, like it was back in the day, but it's still real. It's still relevant. Come on, somebody. All right. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Isn't that something? Um, Michael, the archangel. Now, we don't have any other scripture of any other archangel in the Bible except Michael. He was the only archangel of the Bible. And here is the archangel of the Bible uh, coming against Satan, and he invokes the name of the Lord. And, you know, we have to be careful, you know, when you, uh, these, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, these false teachers and preachers, you know, uh, casting out Satan. Here is the archangel uh, using the name, he didn't say uh, Satan, I rebuke you, he said in the name of the Lord, he put the Lord in between him and Satan. 
And you got people nowadays, you know, they're just, he uses a whole lot of words to describe them and we'll go over them. Uh, but I just want to take note how he says that the Lord rebuked thee. All right. He said, but these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts in uh, those things, they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gangsane of Korah. My God. These are the spots in your feasts of charity. Uh, when the feasts, uh, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds, uh, they are without water, carried about of winds, trees who fruit withereth without uh, withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, uh, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. My God. So he uses a lot of things to describe these men and women of our day uh, that we should be aware of. Come on, somebody. He used the word ungodly. Anything that is not of God is ungodly. The Bible says we ought to mark those individuals and avoid them. My God, uh, because they come with a lot of railing accusation. They come up with a lot of, and uh, I want you to know that a half truth is an untruth. Amen. A half-truth is an untruth. Amen. These are godly men. Paul have uh, warned us earlier uh, in the scriptures. Um, these are evil seducers, waxing worse and worse. My God. Uh, deceiving others and even deceiving themselves. Amen. He calls them in verse 8, dreamers. Amen. Uh, he called them uh, in verse 12, spots. Now, uh, they're blemishes. Amen. Um, he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. But uh, Jude here is calling them spots. They are blemishes. He calls them waterless clouds in verse uh, 12. Uh, they're just big puffs of uh, smoke. And they don't produce no rain. Come on, somebody. They should bring some relief. Uh, you know, rain is a good thing. And I think we are about 14 days now without rain right here in Michigan. And uh, things are getting pretty parched. The lawn is, is turning brown. And uh, if you don't water your flowers, they're going to be gone. Um, so water is important. But he said they're, they're big puffy clouds, but they don't produce no water. So what they're good for? They're waterless clouds. They're fruitless trees. And, the, and then the Bible tells us, you shall know their uh, fruit, uh, the tree by its fruit. Amen. So, and we just talked about Jesus went to a tree that had leaves, 
but upon further inspection, it had no fruit. Mm, just like that. See, if you look at it from afar off, you would think, oh, yeah, that's that's just, you know, that that's a fruitful tree. But upon close inspection, my God, it had no fruit at all. And Jesus cursed the tree. And so these false teachers, uh, they don't have no they don't have no fruit. I know somebody, my God, you'd be surprised at how many people um, that have um, installed themselves in the office of bishop. I mean, you know, paid money and got somebody else to put them in the office of bishop and, and haven't been able to even get a Sunday school class together. Uh, don't have no choir, no praise team, and barely can even hold on to a church. Uh, you know, many times they're renting in the hotel and they're running from this place to that place. They're not established. They haven't been able to accomplish or put any successes together. You shall know a tree by its fruit. And when it's fruitless, come on, somebody. My God, it is not of God. He called them raging waves, creating division and disruption and disruption within the church. You know, a lot of times people, you know, every time you uh, hear, get wind of what they're talking about is something, you know, uh, to do with, you know, creating division, creating strife. You know, somebody, my God. Uh, raging waves, always making waves. He calls them wandering stars. My God, it's all about them. They're here today and gone tomorrow. I know somebody make big promises, but it's all about them. Usually to get your money. Wandering stars. Somebody. They'll make big promises, but when the time for the promise to come to pass, they done wandered somewhere else just like nomads. It's, it's all about them, but you know they're here today. You can't count on them because they're gone tomorrow. My God. And he wound up in verse uh, 13, I believe. Let me check my scripture reference here. Um, he said, a rage, verse 13, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. In other words, a polite way of saying these men are on their way to hell. That's the end among somebody of individuals that will be uh, or conduct themselves in this manner. They're on their way to hell for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. My God. And many times we have it three times in the scriptures, Matthew 18 and, and 12. Uh, Matthew 22 and 13 and Matthew 25 and uh, 30. 
uh, Jesus describes it as outer darkness. Amen. And certainly we, if you got outer and darkness, that's something that's totally isolated. My God, darkness uh, makes a person feel isolated from anything. My God, and, and if enough darkness, you can't even see your own hand. You can't even see anything. You are totally even isolated from your own self. But Jesus talks about this three times in the, in the book of Matthew, outer darkness. Amen. This will be the end of these individuals that I'm warning the church and warning uh, uh, members of the church. My God, uh, if you're going to be successful, you must be able to identify uh, these individuals, these practices, these spirits, and to avoid them. My God, don't let the evil of your day overthrow you in our wilderness. Amen. All right. Yes, this is our wandering time. The, the world is not our home. This is not our home. Just as they wandered, amen, uh, in the wilderness. So are we wandering, if you will, amen. Uh, this is not our home. He's made a promise to us, amen, that what he's going to give us, eternal life after this life is over. But don't be overthrown by what you see and what you encounter. My God, because we're living in an evil and dark day. Amen. All right. I want you to um, let's go to Matthew. The eighth chapter. Mm. I want to go to Matthew. The eighth chapter. This is Jesus upon hearing the faith of the satyrian of Capernaum. Jesus gives a warning. Matthew, the eighth chapter, we want verses 10 through 12. This was the uh, centurion said, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you would come up under my roof. But I want you to hear what Jesus said. All right. And said, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that follow. Now, this is for the people that are listening. Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. I'm talking about among my own people. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Where? In the kingdom of God. But look at this. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out Unto utter darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Come on, somebody. My God. When he heard of the faith. Now, um, uh, Jesus' siblings did not believe that he was the Messiah. 
But certainly they came to believe. Amen. He said a prophet is not without honor, but in his own house. Amen. He kind of had that same thing with uh, Jacob, uh, his siblings. His brothers could not speak peaceably. Uh, Joseph, his brothers could not speak peaceably among themselves. Come on, somebody. When God shared with him a vision and a dream. And they said, uh, let's take this dreamer and let's put him in some pit and we're going to see what become of his dreams. My God, many times the people that are closest around you will be the individuals that will doubt and fear the anointing of God that is placed upon your life. Amen. All right. So, but he, uh, but Jesus, look what he says here. When he heard the faith of this a uh, centurion, he says something very important. Verily I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, but without faith, and that what the scripture says is impossible to please. He said, no, not in Israel, even among my own people. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth because of their unbelief. My God. Mm. Can you imagine that? People that are going to come from the east and the west and provide God what he wants, faith. But without faith, I haven't found this kind of faith even among my own people. My God. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Come on, somebody. My God. And certainly, uh, what's the problem when we take in context with uh, what we're um, reading in Jude? The men are deceiving the people. They're misleading the people of God. My God. And causing them to miss the mark. My God. And each and every one of us. Now, uh, Judas knows Jesus. He knows Jesus. That's his, his uh, half-brother. Amen? And I'm sure he had the same issues when it came down to, you know, being a, uh, close to Jesus. His parents was probably asking him, why can't you be more like Jesus? Come on, somebody. Why can't you get good grades like Jesus? <laughs> why can't you be more... A humble like Jesus. I know, and I'm I'm sure Judas was like, well, yeah, uh, I never could quite measure up to him, but but I do know him, amen. And I want uh, everybody to know uh, in this Bible class tonight, it's not how you start out, it's how you finish. And as I say, all of uh, of. Jesus' siblings did not believe that he was the Messiah, but they came to know. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, if I had 
got in here a lot sooner. You know, if I had known then what I know now, listen, listen, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. My God, that's what God's, God said, I'm not concerned about where you've been. I'm concerned about where you're going. And, you know, I know sometimes we say if I had gotten saved a lot earlier, listen, I just know when the Lord saved me, he saved me in the nick of time. Somebody say he may not show when you want him, but when he get there, he show enough on time. And And that's what I know about him. That's my testimony. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. So a strong finish becomes uh, the central message of Jude. Amen. Uh, This letter that we're reading, that is the central message. Amen. Strong finish is going to be required out of all of us. And we found out um, uh, last Sunday that God can still use damaged goods. Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad God is not looking for some perfect people? Come on, somebody. My God. Now, once we get his spirit, he tells us to be ye perfect, even as I am perfect. But when we start out, we're far. We are far from the peaceful shore. Come on, somebody. But the master of the sea, what did he do? He heard my despairing cry. And from the water, he lifted me. Now, safe, safe. Am I? God, hallelujah. So I I found out that God can use damaged goods. Amen. Uh, It's about, it's not about, you know, how you started out or what happened along the way. It's how we finish this race. Come on, somebody. Jude says we got to finish well. We got to finish strong. I I was writing just to encourage you but I thought it more needful for me to warn you, my God. And I thank God Jude lets us know that Jesus is a keeper. Amen. Let's go back to the first verse. He says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are what? We are sanctified uh, by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. So what does he say? We're called. I'm so glad he knew us. Uh, before you were formed in the belly, I knew you. I'm on some, uh, before you came out of the womb, I already sanctified you. Uh, that's not just Jeremiah's testimony. All of us, come on somebody, those he foreknew, he did predestinate. My God, Jesus, he got your number. Every hair on your head is numbered. Come on, somebody. We are called, we are sanctified. Some Bible translations say beloved. And then, and preserved, we are kept. And if we look um, at this particular letter from Judy, it, it begins and ends the same way. All right, I'll read the beginning again uh, just for us. He says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God uh, the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. 
Now, if we go back to the end of his letter, verse 24, he says, now unto him that is what? Able to keep you. My God, how many know our God is a keeper? How many know our God is a preserver? He's able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless. Now, you know, can't nobody do that but God. Take something that's full of faults. Take something that's damaged goods. Take nothing and make something, turn it around and uh, keep us from falling. And then take something that's full of faults and present it faultless before the presence of his glory. And he's going to do it with exceeding joy. Who can do that? To the only wise God, our Savior. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And let everybody say, Amen. Come on, somebody. Tell that neighbor, our God is a keeping and a preserving God. Are you glad about it? My God, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm glad he can use damaged goods, and I'm so glad he can keep us. He begins the letter and ends the letter the same way. We're preserved and unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you. Somebody say when God looks at us, he sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ and the blood hides a what? Multitude of sins. He is the perpetuation, the ever atoning sacrifice for our sins. And no matter how many times I need to go back to that blood and be cleansed, it shall never, ever, ever, ever lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain, flows to the lowest valley. My God, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it shall never, ever, ever lose its power. Power. My God. Tell that neighbor one more time. Neighbor, our God is a keeping God. My God. Let's go to Philippians 1 and 6. Paul in his writing, in his writing to Timothy. Come on, somebody. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel. Uh, we're going to take our thought out of verse six, but just before that, verse five, he said, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, from the beginning to the end, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Why? Because our God is a keeping, he's a preserving God. When I woke up this morning, my God, he's a keeping, a preserving, a brand new mercy I see. Come on, somebody. My God. Amen. So, the God that gave us, we found out on the on Pentecost Sunday, gave us the earnest of the spirit. Come on, somebody. He's going to complete it. 
He's going to give you your final payment. Come on, somebody. Somebody said, when I see Jesus, what a day of rejoicing. Paul described it as the earnest. My God, uh, let you know that I'm serious about this thing. I'm going to preserve you and bring you to uh, the expected end. Oh, my God. So what we have dwelling on us right now is just the earnest of the spirit. His word that he's going to complete. Come on, somebody. He's going to fulfill. He's going to bring to an expected end. And uh, Paul in his writing in Philippians, he said, being confident of this very thing. Ain't wishy-washy. And, you know, kind of, you know, well, he may do it. He may not do it. No, I'm being confident. I like what he says actually before that. He said, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, you've been sealed just like a, a Jew started out. You're preserved. And now unto him that is able to keep you from the beginning to the very end. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will bring it to an expected end. Come on, somebody. There's no failure. You hear what I said? There is no failure in God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 1 and 8. Paul writing in the, uh, and we find this encouragement that God is a preserver. God is a keeper all the way through the Bible. Come on, somebody. All the way through the Bible from the beginning to the end. Our God is a preserver. Our God is a keeper. Come on, somebody. He is a protector. He's a fence. Come on, somebody. My God. He's a high tower. Woo. All right, 1 Corinthians 1 and 8, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. And matter of fact, um, we're not going to do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you to go back and read verses 1 all the way through 7. We're going to get our thought out of verse 8. But all the way through, uh, 1 through verse 7, he's encouraging them. Come on, somebody. Uh, look what he says in verse 8. Who shall also confirm you unto the end? My God, I feel like shouting. He will confirm you till the end. That you may be what? Blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is what? God is what? He's faithful. By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Anything that's confirmed is backed up. Come on, somebody. My God. I don't go on no trip unless I confirm my reservation. Are you serious? You think I'm going to go to the airport and I'm not confirming that my flight is uh, uh, is on time and it's going to take off on time. It has not been delayed. It has not been canceled. You think I'm going to go somewhere out of state and I have not confirmed my reservation? Come on, somebody. 
My God, this thing is confirmed. It's forever settled. I'm not talking about eternal security. You, we can mess it up. Amen. But what God does is perfect and complete. There is no failure in our God. Who shall also confirm you? He's going to back you up until the end. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Something that is full of faults. He's going to find it faultless. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Who is also going to confirm you until the end. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. God is not like man. Come on, somebody. My God. God is faithful by whom ye were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. My God. We ought, somebody ought to shout off that. We, we serve a God that's going to preserve. He, he's a keeper. He's a preserver. My God, of his dear children. Look at 2 Timothy. 1 and 12, Paul is writing to uh, Timothy. Uh, I would begin reading this at the 8th verse. I'm giving you a little bit uh, of um, homework here. Uh, when it comes to uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and 8, read verses 1 through 7 and then take 8 uh, with that. Take the thought in with it. Now, this Second Timothy 1 and 12, Paul writing to Timothy, begin at verse 8. And then take uh, verse 12 in it. For this cause, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day my God, that judgment day, my God, everything I've committed to him. Somebody ought to say, my mind belongs to God. My body belongs to God. My soul belongs to God. My children belong to God. My marriage belongs to God. Come on, somebody. My very being. It belongs to God because he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him. Y'all get that? I'm not, I'm not holding back nothing. Well, you know, I'm going to hold on to this, but I'm going to commit that to God. No. Everything that I know, everything that I have, my very being, I'm committed unto him that is able to keep me from falling, and to present me faultless. Second uh, 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 Timothy 1 and 12, one more time. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Come on, somebody. Paul said if we uh, uh, suffer 70 years, it's just a moment compared to the eternity. Three score and 10. Come on, somebody. It's a moment compared to the eternity that we're going to spend with God. He said, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know 
whom I have believed. Do any, anybody here, you know the God in whom you believe, the one that you putting your trust in, you're, you're leaning on, waiting on, looking to, come on somebody, my God. I'll look unto the hills from what's cometh all of my help. Because all of my help, my God, comes from him. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to unto him against that day. My God, I know I'm going to be in the number. I know I'm going to be in the bride. Come on, somebody. My God, because I've committed everything. I've committed everything, God, into you. I have put my trust. And even if we go to uh, Numbers 6, 24 and 17, the Old Testament blessing that was put upon uh, the children of Israel, uh, uh, Galatians 3, 27, 26, 27 says, Now we be Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Uh, the black Hebrews, the black Israelites, uh, uh, the, I know y'all, uh, I'm going to keep driving that. Uh, what is it? The black Hebrews, the black Israelites, the black Jews. Come on, somebody. I've been buried with him in baptism, and now I be Abraham's seed. Come on, somebody. Abraham was a Jew, and now I'm a black Jew by baptism in Jesus Christ. Those that have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ, and now you are Abraham's seed. I'm the black Jew, the black Israelite the black Hebrew, give them the scripture. They're trying to steal your identity. <laughs> All right, so listen to the blessing that was pronounced on If we're heirs according to the promise, every promise that was made to Abraham, made to the Jews is now unto us. Look at the blessing was given in Numbers 6, 24. Um, let me see, I think I got uh, 17, well, well, let me see. Number six, I got the wrong scripture reference in my um, lesson there. Number six. It's the last three verses, verses I believe, of that. Uh, maybe it's not. Uh, 20. Yeah, beginning at verse 24, 25, and 26. Okay. Numbers, this is the blessing. He tells Moses how to bless the people. And if we be Abraham's seed, the blessing that was put on us Guess what is put on what blessing that was called upon them is now upon us. What does he say? And the Lord bless thee and keep thee. 
the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. <laughs> the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will do what? I will bless them. We serve a preserving, a keeping God. Come on, somebody. Those that are called and sanctified and preserved and now unto him that is able to keep you. Come on, somebody. And every blessing, my God, that you read in this Bible now belongs unto each and every one of us because we be Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Read that in Galatians 3, uh, 26, 27, I believe. All right, so the book of Jude, it encourages us that we serve a keeping God, a preserving God who is actively working on our behalf. Come on, somebody, we don't have no excuses. God is actively working on our behalf that we might have a strong finish. Do you believe that? And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Are, are you trusting and believing enough to look the devil in the eye and tell him I can't die? I mean, when the devil's talking about I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your house down and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal your health, you better take him to the book of Job. Say, listen, <laughs> you done made this mistake one time. If, if he had known we would have Job's testimony on record, he would have left Job alone. My God. He talking about he going to huff, puff, and blow your house down and be a stumbling block and disqualify you and knock you out of the race. Say, oh, no. I got a God that's actively working on my behalf that I will have a strong finish. Come on, somebody. My God. This common salvation. Amen. This, this effort that we have to have to contend, to fight. Now God's going to do his part. But now Jude is saying we got to fight as well. My God, to stay in this thing. And you know, we fight over valuable things, do we not? Now, um, I have some things that, you know, if they're taken from me, you can have them. I, I can live another day. Uh, you can take my phone and you can take my watch and you can take my ring. Although it was given to me of my father on his deathbed. I wear this ring all the time. Uh, I have, you can take my car, uh, but a mother will wage war over her child. I would say a father, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but I know a mother will wage war over her child. I believe that I would too. We fight for valuable things. And that's what Jude said. We have to earnestly contend. My God, this thing is so valuable to us. Come on, somebody. 
We have to fight to stay alive. We got to fight to stay, remain qualified. Come on, somebody. God said, I have you in the palm of my hand and no man can pluck you out. I got the fight that I don't walk out myself. A lot of people are walking out themselves. Mm, my God. For if we sin willfully after knowing the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice. Hebrews 10 and uh, 26, 27. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. You walked right out of your blood covering. Jude is saying, don't let the evil of our day triumph over you. David said, my foot was well nigh gone. Oh, come on, somebody. Now listen, don't, don't, don't act funny. Uh, sometimes it appears that, you know, evildoers, uh, we know they're waxing worse and worse. Uh, but it seemed like they're getting over. God is not looking. There is no consequence. Uh, but don't you be fooled by that. God is watching everything. The scripture says, be not weary in well-doing. Listen, saints, don't get tired of doing the right thing. Come on, somebody. My God. Cast not away there for your confidence. It's going to have a great recompense of reward. More than you can imagine. Don't you throw in the towel. My God. It's going to have, it's going to make a difference. My God. Uh, everybody's got a sand ballad and a Tobiah and a Gisham. Uh, in their life say, well, you know, well, what, what good would it be at the end of the day if a fox run up up it, it's going to fall over. You better stay on the wall. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. It's going to have a great recompense of reward. All right, that word contend. If you do uh, a Greek uh, breakdown of that word, it comes down to agonize. Amen? Agonize over the faith. I'm not just going to walk away from this thing. I'm not just going to give up. I'm not just going to quit. I'm going to agonize. My God, God work in me both the will and to do of your good pleasure. Come on, somebody. My God, work in me both the will and the wherewithal to do it. I know what to do and give me the wherewithal to carry it out. My God. It's not in me, but Lord, if you work in me both the will and to do of your good pleasure. Come on, somebody. My God. Each and every one of us. Jude said, I find myself warning you. I was just writing to encourage you. But I find it more needful to warn you. Look, we're going back to verse four. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old, they're ordained to this condemnation. Just as if 
Tophet was ordained of old. How many know hell already exists? And when the time is right, uh, he said he's going to uh, take it over into the land of Shinar. You know, that, that's Babel. And when the time is right, it's going to open up and her mouth without measure. Come on, somebody. At the time of the end, we, we actually read that scripture. Yes, we did. What are you going to do? Where, where bearest thou the ephah? In the land of Shinar. And at the time of the end, to establish it on its own base, and at the time of the end, come on somebody, hell is going to open up her mouth, amen? Just as these certain men, they crept in unawares, who were before, this is not no surprise to God, before of old they were ordained to this condemnation. Who are they? They are ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. False teachers are not going to warn you. Hey, you know, I, I'm out here. I'm just a false teacher and, I, you know, I'm a. I'm a wolf in, in sheep clothing and you better stay away from me. That's not how it works. Come on, somebody. Uh, Jude said, you better earnestly contend for this thing. You better know the word. Amen. You better know God's voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger. You know, when you get to know somebody, you can tell by their voice, even if they're trying to tell you everything's okay, you can tell by their voice they're not okay. I'm not even talking about looking at their continents, you know, FaceTiming somebody, just listening. I'm all right. Oh, no. <laughs> uh-uh. Especially a mother. You know, uh, us men sometimes we can you, you we can be downright ignorant. But that voice, there's something about that voice a mother knows. Even when the child say, "I'm all right," that things are not. I'm on somebody. My sheep hear my voice. All right. These were ungodly men. They crept, crept in unawares. There was no announcement made. Just know that they will be there in the time of the end, in the day and time in which we live, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. He said they're all going to hell. We've already read that. All right. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, foolishness, uh, the... Um, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Come on, somebody. The people don't have a fear of God no more. You know, they go and 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 people uh, preach to them smooth things, uh, things that tickle their ears. Oh well, you know, God loves all, and he's he's such a loving God that he's not going to send everybody to hell. 
I had a rich man tell me that to my face. I said, I don't believe a God will send people to heaven and then turn around and send others to hell. I, I told him, I said, you're reading the same source. It's all coming out of the Bible. So how are you going to read the Bible and believe one thing and then turn around and discount something else? It's the same source. <laughs> My God, their fear toward me is taught by the precept, just some religious rule. And, you know, I just don't believe that. Yeah, I read it, but, you know, I believe that. But you know. How are you going to go to the Holy Bible and decide you're going to believe one part of it but you're going to totally ignore the rest. All right. All right. Um, they're going to turn the grace of our God into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So these false teachers, these men that have been ordained of old, they're going to come without announcement. Come on, somebody. My God. They are ungodly men. Amen. He said, I have to warn you of sensual men. This is not sensual in the, um, the sense of sexual, but certain men uh, are going to be into themselves. They're sensual in the fact that they're into themselves, but they're not into God. Hmm. It, uh, the, 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 the wandering stars is all about them. They're here today. They're going to make big promises and they're gone tomorrow. He, he, he named them wandering stars. They're sensual men, not sexual, but they're into themselves and they're not into God. I'm on somebody. These are the kind of men. They're going to come in unannounced. Amen. I have to warn you of these people. Now, listen, and I'm just uh, I, I'm concerned with social media and the social media influencers and so many people, you know, uh, everybody that uh, couldn't have a church and establish a church and don't have no brick and mortar, you know, they say, well, we're all online now and we're all on the same page. God still says upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Just because you got a, a live stream and I got a live stream, don't put us on the same page. My God, you teaching and preaching lies and somebody else teaching the unadulterated word of God does not put us on the same page just because we're both on Facebook. Well, we're all on the same page. People are listening, saints are listening to these ungodly uh, Unlearned, my God, individuals and are taking this stuff for gospel and Jude is saying, hey, 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 I had a need to warn you. 
These people are here and they're unannounced. Come on, somebody. My God. Listen, I don't I'm not knocking social media and I'm not knocking what you know uh what you can hear a good word and I, I see and hear a good word sometime. Uh but he said, How can they hear without a preacher? And how can the preacher preach except he be sent? And you're going to hear a lot of things, but it must be sifted through the word of God. Come on, somebody. Everything has got to go through the sifting. Line it up with the word. And if you don't know, ask your pastor. There's so many different ways that you can contact. You can FaceTime, you can text, you can email. Well, I couldn't I couldn't talk to the pastor and I couldn't get to the pastor. That that's not the truth. And you know it. You just did what you wanted to do. Come on, somebody. Everything that you hear, everything that you read must be sifted through the word of God. Come on, somebody, listen. Sin is not going to make it through his sifting process. Come on, somebody. Murder is not going to make it through. The Bible said, and with these tongues, you know, it is not going to make it through. It's not all right. Gayism, lesbianism, same-sex marriage. Come on, somebody. Pornography, prosperity. He said, the poor you're going to have with you always. Ain't no everybody going to be dripping with money. My God. And you know what? The, the, the average preacher is preaching today. Prosperity. Still preaching it. At this late time, this late hour of the church, when the Lord is soon to come, listen, if I don't ever get it, come on, somebody, I just want to be saved. I just want, I, I just, I, I want him, you know, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Come on, somebody. It's time to get right. It's time to get ready to go home. It's time to get your lamp trimmed and burning bright. Those that had their lamps, they lit them and they went in. But not before the five foolish said, give us of your oil. Oh, no. I have just enough oil for me. Come on, somebody. And what you need, you got to get on your own. My God. Uh, so you have uh, these preachers now still talking about, you know, walking in your authority and getting everything that, you know, uh, sensual things. You know, you ought to have the house and you ought to have the car. You ought to have the money and you. My God. Everything, um, he, he used that word lewdness, uh, obstruction of the true doctrine. Come on, somebody. My God. Lewd men 
All right. And then Jude turns around and says, I'm going to give you three examples uh, of those that did not finish strong. I'm going to give you three, three Old Testament examples because the New Testament, even though this is in the New Testament, was not available to him at that particular time of his writing. Uh, I'm going to give you three Old Testament examples of individuals that did not have a strong finish. Verse five. All right. Look what he says. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. My God. First example are the children us. The children of God. I be Abraham's seed. I identify with these individuals. I'm not going to sit around here and say, well, that was them and, and that. No, I'm going to identify with them now so I can identify with them later. <laughs> come on, somebody. I ain't going to wait for the Lord to come and then tell me I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God now. Come on, somebody. He used us. The first example. We all know the Israelites in the wilderness. And their time of wandering. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, and uh, this is our period of wandering, if you will. Now, we know exactly where we're going and where we're headed. Uh, but wandering in the sense that this world is not our home. Uh, we're just, we're just, uh, um, uh, I, I'm sojourners, uh, we're just uh, uh, pilgrims passing through. This is the, you know, the things seen are temporal. The things not seen are eternal. Come on, somebody. Everything that you see is going to be burnt up. It's going to be destroyed. Paul talked about and said, even in these old bodies, we groan longing uh, and desiring to be clothed upon our heavenly house, come on, somebody, that's not made of hands. And, and the older you get, the more groaning you do. Amen. Even these old bodies are temporary. All right. So this world is not our home. All right. A God takes them to the promised land and then they send the 12 spies in and only two come back with a positive report on somebody. The Bible said Caleb stilled the people before God and said, let us go up at once. If God delights in us, we are well able. Come on, somebody. If God said it, I believe it. That seals it. Come on, somebody. And that and Paul in his writing, him that have sealed you from the beginning to the end, preserving you, actively working to make sure woo, we make it to the end. He's actively working on our behalf. What are you doing? 
Are you one of the ones with the negative report? Well, you know, it, it's just like they say, you know, houses, good houses that you know, we, we, we don't have to build and uh, vineyards that we don't have to plant. Two of the disciples had a cluster of grapes bearing them between them both. Now, that's got to be some good grapes. My goodness. Drop it down on the ground and say, it's just like he said. But there tend to say, well, you know, we, you know the children of Anak are there. And not only that, we're as grasshoppers in their sight. Hmm. My God, don't you know God can turn that thing around and change their sight and you look like a giant to them? <laughs> My God, uh, we don't know what God will do. Come on, somebody. We too small. They're too strong. We're not enough. Come on, somebody. People will come up with every kind of excuse today why the church can't do, and why the church can't be, and why the saints can't withstand, and how I, we can't make it. Talk you out of a blessing. Come on, somebody. My God. God said, I will give you what you're asking for. You don't want to go into the promised land? You're going to die right here. Come on, somebody. Jude said, I'm going to give you three examples. And he started with us. You don't think you can make it into heaven? Well, then I'll, I'll let you die right here. Well, you know, we can't. And well, my goodness, you got people that just naysayers, negative people, negative talk, negative spirit. Every time you talk about doing anything. Well. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. If the Lord delights in us, let's not think about it. Let's not calculate it. And let's not try to deduce it. If the Lord delights in us, let us go up at once. For we are well able. Come on, somebody. The Lord said, there's no man that are giving up houses and land and money and family and mother and father and sisters and brothers that I won't give you in this life. One hundred fold houses and land and money and mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and eternal life in the life in which to come. They said, Jesus, we gave up all to follow you. He said, listen, don't put that on me. Your little two fish in a boat. There's no man that will put it on the line for me that I won't turn around and bless you in this life and then give you eternal life in the life in which to come. My God, I'm going to give you three examples and I'm going to start with you. You got to earnestly contend. Get up. And when you don't have nobody else to encourage you, encourage yourself. 
in the Lord. Get up. My God, speak those things as not as though they were. Speak life. My God, even into your dead situation. Get up and earnestly contend. Agonize. I ain't just going to walk away from here. Give up on this. This is too valuable for me. My God. The mother that lifted up the car off of her child. Woo! And if his eye is on the sparrow, I know he's watching me. Come on, somebody. My God. Second example. Look at verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, Hath he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day? My God. First he used us, the Israelites. Then he turns around and says, I'm going to give you a second example. The angels. Come on, somebody. The angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. Come on, somebody. A third of the heavenly host. Come on, somebody. And that's why I always say when the archangel put the Lord between him and, and Satan, he said, the Lord rebuke you. Uh, uh, Michael, the, the, the archangel. Uh, come on, the devil ain't nothing to play with. I ain't afraid of him, but he ain't nothing to play with him. Greater is he that is in me. That's why I always put the Lord between me and Satan. <laughs> and Michael, the warring angel, uh, said the Lord. He, he put the Lord between him and Satan. And I'm going to fight him the same way. The Lord rebuked him. I adjure you in the, in the name of Paul's God and uh, my daddy's God, and then, uh, no, listen, <laughs> he said, Paul I know, and Jesus I know, come on somebody, but who are you? Come on somebody, you got to know him for yourself, amen, and always put the Lord between you and Satan, all right, these angels, uh, a third of the angels, uh, when Satan said that he was going to ascend into the seat, of God. Jesus said, I saw him fall as lightning. Come on, somebody. My glory, I'm not going to share it with another. Uh, not only was he kicked out, but a third of the heavenly hosts kicked out of the place that we're striving. That's how I know I'm always going to put the Lord between me and Satan. <laughs> Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I'm on somebody. Otherwise, he'll get me going on some kind of trip. I'm on say, well, you know, you you know, you God yourself. You're a God. There are people that are believing. He'll turn your mind out. He's more subtle. He's more cunning. He's more slick. He's more sly than any other creature. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, well, how much is a third of the heavenly host? That's a whole lot. 
uh, now known as demons. They're not angels anymore. He's reserved them. Let's go back to this scripture, verse six. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, they left heaven. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. They're known as demons that have been thrown into the abyss. Come on, somebody. And we found out he's going to open up that pit. Y'all remember those that stuck with me in, in Revelation. Not everybody came along. He's going to open up that pit and they are going to be allowed to torment uh, during the tribulation period. Those demons that kept not their first estate, uh, he, but he has reserved into everlasting chains unto darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. He's going to take the lid off of the, we find it in Revelation. He's going to take the lid off and those demons, those once angels, now demons are going to be allowed to torment during the tribulation period. Look at, look at, look at this. Let's go to uh, Luke 8. Uh, we'll probably, we'll end with this right here. Luke 8, 29 through 32. Um... This is the man that was uh, um, possessed by a demon. Luke 8, 29-32, For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. That's a bad state to be in, isn't it? Look at that. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. Now, uh, I know Jesus asked the question, but the devil is a liar. Uh, legion uh, in the Roman uh, legion means 6,000. I don't know how many uh, demons they were. You can't take the devil's word. We know it's a whole lot. Amen. He said legion because many devils had entered into him. Uh, and look at this. Now, uh, like I say, up under a Roman legion, that means 6,000. But guess what? One, one demon is too many. <laughs> Any witnesses in the house? Anybody agree with me? Well, you know, I, I ain't got many as you got. One is too many. Come on, somebody. But look with this. He said, now Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because uh, many devils had entered into the man. Look at this now. And they besought Jesus that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Ah, now wait a minute now. What do you mean? Those that were reserved in chains into everlasting darkness, into the abyss, into that pit that's going to be released uh, during the tribulation period, those were the worst of the worst demons. 
And can you imagine this? Look at this. These demons said, Jesus, whatever you do, don't uh, don't put us with the worst of the worst demons. Now, those demons were afraid of the worst of the worst demons. Can you imagine that? My God. My, they were afraid of the worst of the worst demons. Don't, don't do that to us. Uh, um, and there uh, was there and heard of many swine uh, feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Listen, Jesus <laughs> Man, don't put us in with the worst of the worst demons. Let us go into the herd of swine. Can you, uh, there are demons that are afraid of the worst of the worst demons. Come on, somebody. My God. And they are reserved in the outer darkness until that day. When God is going to release them during the tribulation period and they will be allowed to torture the saints. My God. Jude gave us two examples. There's one more. Uh, we will go over that uh, when we finish this Bible class, but we're out of time. Jude said, I, I was writing. I just wanted to encourage you. But the Lord laid it upon my heart to warn you, my God, we got to agonize. We got to fight. We have to earnestly contend for the faith that once was delivered unto the saints. My God, Jude's message to the saints. That's what this Bible class is. And we will continue this if the Lord says the same and if the Lord tarries on next Wednesday. There may be somebody here under the sound of my voice. My God, you haven't made your calling and election sure. When we look at what's going on in this world and what's happening right before our very eyes, it ought to cause you to uh, come to the understanding we cannot continue on the trajectory that we're going on. My God, a more provocative China, Russia has already started a war. My God, North Korea is unhooked. Uh, Saudi Arabia is now saying, well, if y'all switching to electricity, we're going to cut off. Uh, and cut down on OPEC. We're not going to produce oil. We're going to get our money while the getting is good. And the poor folk, Lord, we have no might against these people. Isn't that what Jehoshaphat said? We are, we're just pawns. Come on, somebody. My God, but I'm glad. Uh, David said, I'm, I'm a shepherd in, a, in another uh, a shepherd's field on <laughs> somebody. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Come on, somebody. God is in control. You don't have no representative that's representing you. He's representing himself. 
nothing but big clouds of uh, puff. Don't produce no rain. Come on, somebody. Wandering stars. It's all about them. It's not about you. People don't care about you. My God. This is the day and time in which we live. And if your anchor don't hold and grip the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus, you will surely drift away. You'll get swallowed up, my God, by today's uh, politics. Come on, somebody. You know, things that we've called, you know, uh, you know, we, we've come up with alternate lifestyles and, and things that, you know, the world have accepted that the, you know, when you, uh, it doesn't make it through the sifting of God's word. We've made excuses for it. And God is pouring out his wrath. If you haven't made your calling and election, sure, you need to call me. 734-477-6891. Seven three four four seven seven six eight nine two. That's what it is. Call me. Call me. We have ministers on staff uh, that will return your call. Share with you what thus saith the Lord: Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Jesus is telling us how to get to His kingdom, to get to His house. We must be born of the water and we must be born of the spirit. It's a new birth. My God. We will share with you what the scripture says. We will baptize you in the name of Jesus. There's no other name given in the heaven among men whereby we must be saved. We baptize in the name of Jesus. He's the only one that has the authority. He's the one that went to the grave. Come on somebody and paid the price of sin and got up and set all power in heaven and in earth. It now belongs unto me. The Bible said he led captivity captive. My God, can't nobody do that but Jesus. Are you here and you want to be saved? We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus and we have a great big God that will fill you with his spirit. That's the Holy Spirit and you will hear yourself speak. Amen. A new dialect speaking in tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance. My God, nobody's going to teach you. Nobody's going to pride you. Nobody's going to practice with you. But when the Holy Ghost comes in, he will speak out of you. Place his indelible mark upon your life and make a believer out of you because you're going to hear yourself speak. And that's your sign, your confirmation that I know that I know that I know I belong to God and he belongs to me. He's working on my behalf that I have a strong finish. Call me, 734-477-6892. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer.